Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10:30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. It's interesting that uh, you know um, there were a couple of posts on Facebook this morning about some different things about faith and life going on, and uh, and then the music, and then Tiffany and. Uh, What a coincidence that this all starts to come together with what I have to talk about today. Is that a coincidence? Exactly. Exactly. Because that's that's what we believe. And you're here because you're faithful. Right? You're here because you're faithful. i got to calm down a little bit. I've been... um, driving around in this car for a while. Um, The Thursday before the election, I voted, and then I was done. I mean, I had gotten really wound up. I'm sure some of us went down the rabbit hole a little bit, and I was unsettled, a little discouraged. I mean, it's all this negative emotion going on. But once I did what I could do, I was done. And it was interesting how my focus started going back to my spiritual health and away from all the chaos going on in the world. And it just really just, and people wanted to try to, oh, no, no, I'm done. I've done what I can do. Everything else is up to God, whether you believe in him or not. So I wanted to talk about uh, kind of some finer points of faith because uh, I think we wrestle with something we don't need to wrestle with. We have faith. You're here. You came to church. You came to Jesus. You have faith. Stop comparing your faith to other people and understand some things about God. So it says here that looking unto Jesus as the author and finisher of our faith. Because if, say you take a person that uh, never went to church before, ever, and didn't really have any opinions or biases, but they started reading through scripture. You'd notice a few things in that they are, begin to see a theme of faithfulness. Where God encountered someone, they had faith and God gave them an assignment and to further his kingdom and to show his glory, right? So a faithful servant does that. You know, Moses was a faithful servant, right? He was humble enough that God was his friend and God spoke to him face to face. How much time do you think Moses had to spend in the presence of God to finally get to the place where... God loves me. He's looking out for me. 
no matter what's going on with these crazy people he put me in charge of. <laughs> right? Right? Um, and and the, he was so in tune with the mercy that God had for him because he knew himself. But he got so in tune with that that he had mercy for all those people that were just ugh, frustrating, right? So it stands a reason that the more time we spend in the presence of God, the more we become Christ-like. In today's world, that's just tough, right? Because the Scripture informs us of God's interactions with us throughout history. So, is faith definable? This is the only scripture in the Bible that actually makes any attempt at all to define faith. Because there's really something unique about faith. And in this, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. When you go through that litany in Hebrews 11, by faith, by faith, by faith. There's an assumption here that faith is already there. And what we get is, this is what happens when you have faith. Right? So it's in the practical, not the theoretical. It's not some ethereal thing hanging out there. Oh, well, I just kind of got some faith. Well, faith is based on the object of, that you're being faithful to. Right? We call, like in marriage, we're going to be faithful to a promise we made. God was faithful in what these heroes of the faith in the Bible understood about God was that their hope wasn't about today. It wasn't about the now. The promise was for the eternal future. They got it. They understood it. So they were looking with the eyes to the future, to God. To the promise. So whatever was going on down here, even though they dealt with the same kind of emotions and human conditions and fear and anxiety and change and all that, what the faithful did was they encountered God, they got to know God, their hearts became knitted together with the Lord, and he grew them to understand that I can be here, but I belong there. Remember, you know, and so the finer points to the faithful, you know, what I'm saying to the faithful is that we have to continue to focus on who. What is faith? Faith is when you hear this, you got to think faith is action. Right? I'll show you my faith by what? My works. Right? Because faith should guide your works. Your works shouldn't guide your faith. Just because you may be successful and you have all these different things. Um, I used to didn't like, I went to a church that was a a very uh, um, prosperity gospel church. And some things were... uh, 
I'm getting off track. But we have to understand that first and foremost, when we hear the word faith is, it's an action. It's telling us that you can look at your life and know whether you have faith or not. Right? Can you? I struggle. I don't know about you. But I, I, because I lose sight of what it really is. I lose sight of Jesus. I lost sight of God. And my peace went away. Right? So we have to understand that this faith in action is what is being exercised by a believing person. You are exercising faith. It's just a matter of, instead of running a sprint in your faith, being able to run a marathon in your faith. You know, being strong enough that eventually it's such a great habit in your life, Judith. You know, I, like, I know some of you, you're just, you have faith. You know what's going on. And you're able to articulate it. And that's what I'm getting at. We're the faithful. We're the Christians. We're here for a reason. Many people think we're crazy. Right? I know, seriously. It, this has really become a, a theme for me because um, I had a conversation with a friend at work. Um, he's, compl- he's an atheist, completely opposite of me, but we get along. And anyway, he brought up a topic and... I had an opportunity to express to him my beliefs, my understanding, why I believe, why I believe. And uh, he got a little offended about something I said because I believe most everything in life is a choice. You know, that gives me responsibility. I'm accountable for those choices. You know, I, some are way more difficult than others. Some are ugh, crazy tough. But still, I can't. There's no excuse, right? God says there's no excuse. Because in our hearts, he testifies with us. And so when I did that, he kind of attacked me a little bit. And I said, well, here's the difference. I still care about you. I'm not emotional about this. As a person, my God tells me I have to love you because he created you. And you have great value whether you believe and think like I do or not but what I have to show you is that you came back at me personally I said you can't legislate what's in my head you can't and it's okay that you don't think like I do I can still show you respect as a human being I think you're a little misguided, but that's okay. I don't have to argue with you about that or let you know that. My peacefulness, my ability to communicate, my steadfast understanding of why I believe what I believe will put a seed in your heart. And maybe one day you're going to have a question for me. Right? That's what God wants from us. That makes us have peace with all men. Right? Because I'm growing to understand that, guess what? Not everybody thinks like I think. 
right? Not everybody understands things that I understand. When I came to Jesus, I didn't understand him. I'm so off track. I'm going to tell you a story because it's really close to my heart. I'm going to tell you the story about Vernon and People's Church. Uh, was it 2003? It's been about 17 years. When I came here, I'd just come off a couple of years of uh, really intense uh, uh, drug addiction. Surprise. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'd really kind of crashed and burned myself. Um, and I showed up here and uh, connected with Pastor. But some things started changing um, when I started going to men's Bible study. I was off Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I was working where I'm working now. And I was off Tuesdays and Wednesdays, so I started showing up to the men's group. And uh, my dad taught me how to be a deacon. He taught me, you take care of the church. That's what he did. That's what I did growing up. So, and I wanted to dedicate some service to the Lord. So one of my days off, I would come here and clean. And that's what I did. And I'd listen to praise and worship and I'd clean. And um, just about for that entire time, probably for the last 16 years, I've been here every Sunday morning at about 6.30. Job's a little easier now, but, <laughs> but I wanted to serve the Lord. And Pastor would call me every Sunday. He'd call me every Sunday. Eventually, he stopped calling because he knew I'd be here. And this is not to pump me up, really. What happened was he showed faith in me, and that grew that little faith I had. See, because I didn't really have a great relationship with God yet. But in him exercising faith, towards me and grace exercising grace and mercy and truth over time no matter where I was emotionally or spiritually the anchor became my spiritual parents encouraging me speaking life into me knowing me that's what all eventually I'm okay. I know they love me. I don't have to question it or wonder about it. I know many of you love me. I don't have to question nor wonder about it. So guess what I get to do? I get to concentrate on my relationship with the Lord and my relationship with other people. Because I want to give out the same example. You know, We are the faithful, guys. We are the faithful. We have a unique message and a unique understanding. We don't really need to be fighting about a lot of stuff, right? Because at the end of the day, God's really just, this is the course of the world. I am sad for people that don't have a God, the God of the Bible. I'm sad for them. My heart hurts for people that need help. That need a, Because like my friend that's an atheist, I'm just like, what a hopeless life. What are you pinning your future to? I mean, if you ain't rich or popular, what's the point? All right? What are we really doing? I have a great hope for the future because I'm fantastic. I'm wonderfully made. Right? You're wonderfully made. You're unique. 
Human beings are unique, all of them. Right? That's what we believe. So it's, it's pushing that belief up and letting it be centered. You ever really just think about the Israelites and Moses? I mean, really kind of dig into the story a little bit and kind of think, wow. You're thinking, for how, many, how long were they in Egypt? 400 years? Eight generations. You see just from the 50s to now how different the generations are. Imagine 400 years of you're living in Egypt. They're the dominant culture. Most of those people were Egyptians. They weren't Jews. In their hearts, they were Egyptians. So they didn't have the same basis of understanding that Moses and the other Israelites had, right? So, and it's big time change for them. Oh, we're free. We're free to go to the desert and die. Wait a minute. (laughs) Right? Because they didn't have any faith. They didn't really have a great understanding, right? And so in numbers, uh, they started complaining about, uh, oh, we got no food. We're better off in Egypt. We're all going to die. Moses would leave for like 40 days and you know, there'd be fire on the mountain. And they're just down there going, he left us. You know, we're... But it's kind of amazing. I mean, they saw the presence of God, right? All of them did. This is very Strange. They came to Moses. Moses, the snakes are killing us. Come on. They relied on Moses' faith. I relied on pastor's faith to help me with my faith. See what I'm saying? They relied on Moses. Moses had a heart of mercy. He went to God. God, we got to do something. God's like, I'll tell you what to do. Put a brass serpent on a pole, and when the snakes bite them, they need to look and they will be saved. Right? Interesting parallel that uh, faith, believing, and looking. In the Bible, these are all synonyms. They all kind of mean the same thing. Because Jesus said so. Right? Because he said, when you look, you'll be saved. They had to have faith to look. Oh, man, I ain't looking at it. That's stupid. You die. Right? How many times do we kind of call something spiritual stupid and don't bother to, and then at the end of the crisis go, oh, man, I should have done that stupid thing. I would have been okay. Maybe I should have prayed or maybe I should have called somebody to pray for me. Call one of the faithful that's going to encourage me and help me in my distresses. Right, Jamie? Jamie's wonderful. Jamie's heart's so huge. For God, for people. She's just so passionate. She's going to start crying, I know it. But I love encouraging her in her faith. You know, don't get discouraged. We, are, we should be encouraging each other every time we see each other. Tell people what's unique about them. Right? Right? Lift each other up. So, when Jesus... As the Son of Man should be lifted up. You know, so he, he had the same thing. If we look at this, we can say that faith 
is the gaze of the soul on a saving God. A.W. Tozer. Trust me, I steal all this stuff. I make it up on my own. <laughs> but it's so profound to me. The gaze of the soul on a saving God. So if you see here, you have faith in healing, and that was because of sin and judgment, right? So Moses, the Old Testament, and you see over here, faith, forgiveness, and your eyes turn to Jesus, and we have salvation. Does that make sense? I found that to be very profound. I just kind of never really thought about it that way. The depth of my heart is how I see God. In prayer, meditation, you know, that time, that time, that time. This world has so many distractions, it's insanity. It's insanity. And when you're ADD and, you know, I can do this, I'm distractible. (laughs) I'm distractible. Most of us are, right? But I love it when pastor says, don't you love him today? And I can see the emotion and the pleasure when he says it. See, I know him. Barnacles and all. I know this guy. I've watched him grow. As an old man, I watched him grow. I've watched him change. I've watched God grow in him. I've watched him become a better person year after year. I've watched him go through stuff that really hurt him, and he had to overcome it. When you know people, you can have a greater amount of grace for them, but when you know God, you can have a great amount of grace for everybody. Right? Because they're just misguided, or they just don't understand, or, unfortunately, they just... Don't connect with God at all. You know, we don't need to be angry or frustrated with those people, do we? What I'm talking about is kindness. That's what all this leads us to. Christ-likeness. You know what I'm saying? Christ-likeness. So looking in the Old Testament was identical to believing, right? Look to Christ, the author and finisher of your faith. Our hearts, we have to feed our souls, you know, spiritually, connect with God, you know. And because what happens is we build a habit and we reap the reward of great faith. You know, faith says we can, I never understood when Jesus said, oh, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move this mountain. That sounds like a little hyperbole, hyperbolic, you know, a little bit of, but I didn't understand what he was talking about. It's like we strive to grow something that is God's to grow. Because when we made a decision for Christ, when we made a decision to become a part of the faithful, God says, all right, I'm going to help you. The Holy Spirit is helping us grow. But we still need to do the things that God has put in our hearts to do. 
without being distracted. And the only way we can do that is uh, build a habit. Private prayer should be practiced by every Christian. Long periods of Bible meditation will purify your gaze and direct it. A lot of things became very unimportant to me after I decided I was done with all election stuff. A lot of things became very unimportant to me. Sports, whatever. I just, so many things fell off the table. You realize there's millions of people that don't watch TV at all? Millions of people that aren't interested in sports or whatever. They may be, but I just realized that there's so much investment in some things that are so temporal and worthless. You know, that people have convinced us that they're so cool and important that we have to invest time in watching them. I just say equalize that with God, right? He's not going to be just a 30-minute episode in our whole day. So being able to enlarge our outlook, church attendance will enlarge our outlook and increase our love for others. That's what church attendance has done for me. It's grown me. Right? Church attendance is important because it grows us. Right? It enlarges us. It strengthens us. It tethers us. You know? Because there's real people in this place. Real people. I tell people, I say, what kind of church do you have? I got a church of Bible-believing Christians that are just plain folks. Don't let my fancy clothes fool you. (laughs) This is a habit. The only thing I paid, got brand new was my shoes. <laughs> it's fun to me. It used to be that I cared too much. It used to be that I had really low self-esteem and I really cared too much about how I look. Now it's just a habit. I don't spend too much time having to get prepared to get, go to work because this is what I do. This is how I am. And it's okay. It's not important anymore, though. You know, it's not who I am. Right? So we need to have an inward habit of beholding God. You know, that time you take to contemplate God, especially for young people. Because your lives are stuffed with stuff. (laughs) It's just stuff. There's so many things to be interested in. So many things on social media that can cause you anxiety and pain and worry, right? Because guess what? Some of your friends ain't going to think like you. You know, some of your friends don't come from the background that you come. Some of your friends don't have the beliefs that you have. And guess what? That's okay. Just don't let them alter what you believe. Right? We want to be influencers. We want to be influencers in a good way. You ever think about this? 100 pianos, all tuned with the same fork, are all automatically tuned to each other. Right? So, what I'm saying is, when we're tuned into Jesus, we all get together... And we all have some unity. You know. We all have some unity. Because I believe. And it says in here. This is a quote. 
So 100 worshipers met together, each one looking away to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be were they to become the unity conscious and turn their eyes away from God to strive for closer fellowship. Social religion is perfected when private religion is purified. The body becomes stronger as its members become healthier. That is an attractive place to come to. Okay? So we have a responsibility to really have a great relationship with the Lord, to form a habit. Because eventually what happens is, okay, get up in the morning, prayer, worship, you know, pray, read the word, go to work. By 6, 7 o'clock, I'm struggling already, tired, stressed, whatever. But I learned that if sell, 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 I walk around a lot, think about the Lord, think about what's going on, think about some of God's people. Oh, I should call so-and-so today, yeah, because I know God's putting that on my heart. Or days when I'm struggling, hey, God, I need to sell a car today. This is just me. It happened to me the other day. Okay, God, you know what I need to do today. Bam, not 10 minutes later, ran into a customer. It's been really kind of slow, and so it's, you know, there's a little anxiety with that, but God takes care of me. Been doing this a long time. I have less worry than I've ever had because God's cleansing my perspective and my understanding because this is really what I have. You know, this is what I love. This is what I desire, God, God's people. It's, it's wonderful. The whole church of God gains when its members compose it and begin to seek a better and higher life. Right? I'm praying that this all kind of makes sense to you, but turn your gaze upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see? There's a light for a look at the Savior, a life more abundant and free. What? Isn't that amazing? Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith. The Bible is the manuscript and the manual of how to understand it. Because what happens to me is all of a sudden all these wonderful verses come to my mind when I think about it. You know? Psalms 34, 5. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. They looked to God. See, Moses looked to God and his face was radiant. The people that didn't have faith couldn't look at God. They were just mortified. Because they knew it. They knew, you know, you know, you know when you're wrong, right? You, you, or when you get caught in something. I don't do stuff because I, I, hate, I don't like shame. I hate being humiliated. It just feels like the worst feeling to me. So mind my business, keep my stuff straight, and don't tell lies. You know, because I don't like that. I don't want to be ashamed. It's terrible. Unto you I lift up my eyes, O you who dwell in the heavens, 
Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their masters, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he has mercy on us. What did Jacob say? I'm not going to stop fighting with you till you bless me. You sit at the seat of mercy until mercy arrives. Because mercy arrives in your heart. When you start to realize, God loves me. He cares for me. My life is a testament to what God has done, is doing, and is going to do in my life. That's pretty soul-settling. You know, I've watched my beliefs grow. You know, but... I know I'm going to die. That's a fact of life. But I'm not going to die a minute before God calls me to die. So those, that's kind of what I can't control. I'm not going to go jump out of an airplane or do crazy stuff. But at the end of the day, <laughs> I trust the Lord. And this isn't it. This is just a training ground, proving ground. I can easily look forward to heaven. <laughs> if I'm wrong, at least I've lived a better life. People won't have to tell lies at my funeral. Praise God. (laughs) Right? Here the man seeking mercy looks straight at God of mercy and never takes his eyes away from him till mercy is granted. And our Lord himself looked away at God. Looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the bread to his disciples. Indeed, Jesus taught that he wrought his works by always keeping his inward eye upon the Father. His power lay in the continuous looking of God. If God in the flesh had to look to God in the spirit to make sure he maintained his strength and his will of purpose to do what he knew he needed to do. There was a post on uh, Facebook this morning and and it talked about, well, if I had stepped in at this point and, and not did this point, then God's will wouldn't have been done in this person's life. Right? So people think that if we don't indulge them, we're not being kind to them. Well, your parents, if they indulge you, you raise a brat, right? You know, because I have to trust to know that God has got guardrails on my life for a reason, to protect me, to keep me safe. But it's up to you, it's up to you to have that relationship. You know what I do? Sometimes I decide to be somebody's friend. Seriously, people suck at being friends. I got one friend never calls me. Love him, never calls me. You know what I realized? He needs me to call him. He just does. It's just the way it is. I'm not going to be offended. You know what I'm saying? Just understanding people better. As, as we understand how God understands us, we learn to understand people better and learn to commute the love of God and the faith the real faith, the faith that we have every day for God. Our problems start faith. I'm telling you, most of the stuff we view as problems in America are not problems. They're anxieties. Or worse yet, they're caused by some bad habits that we have that maybe we need to change and we need the strength of God to change them. Your heart is speaking to you all the time, every day, about stuff that you need to do, should be doing. You don't need anybody to stand up here and tell you anything that you need to be doing in your life. You know. Pick up your Bible and read it. If you don't understand it, discuss it with somebody who does. 
You're not going to navigate this Christian life without feeding yourself on the word. You know, you're just not. These are, these are facts. These aren't my emotional feelings about things. This is what God word, God's word says. And in looking at what's going on in the world, people need to see attractive Christians. They need to see something different than what they're seeing in the world. And we come together to encourage and strengthen each other. The faithful, every Sunday, playing music, doing what they got to do. The faithful, working up there, Mike and his wife working. You know, the faithful, Dan setting up the Zoom meetings every Monday. The faithful, grief share. The faithful, you know, abortion, grief, what is it? How many faithful people do we have here? Carl and Lisa, if somebody's in the hospital, they're showing up. Leonard, if you're in the hospital, he's showing up. You hear what I'm saying? The faithful. You know? That's who you want to be. Part of the faithful. We all, I love all of you. I really do. I have just an affection. And I'm very appreciative of my opportunities at the long-term faith that pastor's shown in me. And grace, lavish, embarrassing. You know, she's, she's her name. She's just her name. You know, that's beautiful. You know why we love puppies and babies and cute stuff? Because it's pure. Right? It's, we, I, mean, I, I don't know about you, but when I see something pure, my wife's like, oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I had to learn to love that and dislike the negativity that I, you know what I'm saying? The ugly. And embrace the beauty. Embrace the beauty of Christ Jesus in the soul of your heart. Renew your awe of God. Renew your awe of Jesus and what he did. You know, see things clearly. He will renew your vision. Focus your gaze. Grow you up into who he called you to be. That you don't feel like you're struggling. You're not. You have the power of an almighty God to help you make decisions, change your life, get your focus off of you. Your eyes look out. They can't see in. You believe in your heart. You believe in your heart. It's a heart condition. We all have a heart condition. Our medication is Jesus Christ. So, faith is the gaze of the soul on a loving God. Learn to say, God, I don't know what's going on, but you do. Hallelujah. And guess what? A lot of responsibilities fall off the table for you. (laughs) I love you. Um, Let me uh, pray. And... uh, launch you and I have a prayer here I recommend too um, there's just some great saints that wrote some amazing stuff whether it's C.S. Lewis A.W. Tozer I, Charles Spurgeon has their sermons are on YouTube but some of these really old school preachers and teachers add such a rich depth 
you know, to, and it, he wrote this ages ago, but it's so relevant to today because they are truths, foundational. Oh Lord, I'm going to pray now. I have heard a good word inviting me to look away to you and be satisfied. My heart longs to respond to you, but sin has clouded my vision till I see thee but dimly. Please cleanse me in thine own precious blood and make me inwardly pure, so I may with unveiled eyes gaze upon you all the days of my earthly pilgrimage. Then I shall be prepared to behold you in full splendor in the day when you shall appear to be glorified in your saints and admired in all them that believe. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. The things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Praise God. Love your day. Bless you guys. You are dismissed. Have a great week this week.